Hi, I'm Michaela, a psychotherapist. Hi, I'm Savannah, not a psychotherapist. Welcome to our podcast, Be You, Find Happy. Real life conversations about life and the pursuit of happiness. Welcome back to the Be You Find Happy podcast. Today, I have Ellen Walker of The Hive Studio, which is a collective in Diamond Springs. My local listeners will appreciate hearing her story and how she persevered through fear to really launch something that I consider to be trailblazing the way for the future. This podcast brings together the ideas of working together as a community in the spirit of inspiration and not competition, as Ellen shares on this podcast. Even if you're not local, I think you'll really appreciate the direction of the conversation and the ideas behind really lifting each other up and supporting each other and creating spaces where there's really a win-win for everybody. And especially in the case of The Hive, where you get to enjoy a little expression of creativity. Check this out. Hi there, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you fine, can you hear me? Oh, good, I can, I can. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we're finally connecting because I know two small business owners trying to connect, it's been a long journey to get here today. Yes. Well, this is, this is really exciting for me because um, I absolutely love what you have going on and I can't wait for you to share it. I have a lot of local listeners, okay. um, so I'm just super stoked to kind of um, dive into what, what you're working on yeah. and um, maybe we can start by you just introducing yourself and um, telling us a little about the hive, like what is the hive, where is it, and uh, maybe we can go from there. Okay, Yeah. So my name is Ellen Walker, and I grew up locally. So locally, I was born in Placerville, grew up in Garden Valley, um, and now I found myself back in Placerville. I live right downtown, um, and just this year, I got to open a business called The Hive Studio and Shop, and it's about a six-minute drive from my house. I get to work in Diamond Springs, so The Hive is located off. Fowler Lane. So if locals are familiar with Beef and Brew or Alay, the French restaurant, it's sandwiched right between the two of them um, in that little center in Diamond Springs. Um, But yeah, I had an opportunity to try out my brick and mortar dream. And that's what I what I gave a shot uh, starting March this year is when we we opened the doors. Um, And so basically, my vision for the hive has been um, twofold so it's a studio and a shop um pretty much i boil it down to three c's which are community collaboration and creativity those are the most important things to me um in what i do at the hive um so first of all with the shop we have all um local artists and makers that we bring in as vendors, um, along with other brands that we're passionate about. I just really want local people to be able to shop mindfully and from a maker, know where it's coming from, know the integrity of the goods, whether it's a piece of artwork or a ceramic mug or uh, a home decor piece. Um, I wanna be able to share with them who made it, that they're local or the story behind it. And I'm really passionate about providing that for locals. Um, 
And then the studio piece is that I want to provide a creative space for locals to come and learn lots of different things. And you can find like our watercolor classes or take a ceramic class or something more crafty. Um, But it'll all be something in that creative vein um, anywhere from beginner friendly to maybe we might have some intermediate stuff, but I just want people to feel totally welcome to come and try something new. A lot of people say they're not creative and then they have a blast. Um, so we've had people already come back for a second or third time, which is great. So yeah, that's what, um, a little bit about me. Sorry. That was kind of a long intro. No, I, yeah, I was jotting notes as you were going, starting back with, um, when you were mentioning, you know, where it's located. I, um, as you know, my psychotherapy practice was in that center for maybe you didn't know that, but yeah, I was there above the bliss computers for almost two years. Oh, there you are. Yeah. So I was, (laughs) I was above the bliss, the bliss computers there for almost two years. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So I love that. I love that center. I love Mm -hmm. how they kept kind of the old fashioned feel, but yet modern, modern amenities and all of that good stuff. I really feel like they did a beautiful job on that. And so the hive, um, your space seems like a perfect fit for, thank you for literally, it is literally a brick and mortar. Like it's literally a building made of bricks. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that came to mind when you mentioned that is the idea that, you know, so many people are going away from brick and mortar and turning to the online um, modality, if you will. And so I'm, I'm curious about how you kind of came up with the idea to kind of go old school in that way and not start with the online shop, start with the physical presence and what risks there might've been with that or fears that you might've had and how you overcame that. Totally. So I have done the online thing in a way. So I've um, run my art and design business online for a few years now. So I was familiar with that, um, knew the way that works, but basically the dream from the hive started with, an annual event that was curated by my mom and myself. I'm not sure if locals would know it, but it's called Gather, and we did it. We've done it three times now, and we know we wanted it to be an event in person. We wanted locals to meet the artists face-to-face and not just shop their goods and, like, say hi, but really connect with them just, like, as people, Um, because so much of our shopping now, like you have no idea who made it, It, you know, it could be someone far, far away that didn't get paid enough, or there was no creativity involved. Like like you just never know. And I really wanted that connection piece. So we did that event three times, um, as kind of a testing ground, um, of like, Hey, is this something that people care about? And people really responded well to our event and they loved meeting the artists and we tried to set it up in a way where, um, sorry, if there's noise in the background, it's my puppy. Um, (laughs) we tried to set it up in a way where we really encourage that interaction, getting to know we did like a raffle where, Hey, you have to go ask, um, the, the vendors a question like about them personally or their history to like really encourage, um, the relationship piece. Um, so I think that's why the brick and mortar was so important to me, um, was that people could walk in my doors. I can hopefully remember their name. I'm really bad at names, but I'm trying to be better about (laughs) 
them just like feeling really welcome and that they know me, I know them. They can get to know the artists through events or even just me sharing the stories through the purchase of these goods Um, and them getting to know others, me, the artists through the classes as well. Um, I mean, a brick and mortar is definitely challenging. Um, I've had lots of people come in and be like, are you doing okay? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm doing great. Like, <laughs> yeah, you for your concern, but, yeah. you know, um, but the classes are really like helping me with the reaching out and getting people involved. Um, definitely. I was afraid with the location a little bit um, because I don't know, in the back of your mind, you think, Oh, maybe like a main street situation would be better for a retail. Um, but I've had friends who have been on main street and their experience was that it's a lot of tourists that come through on a main mm-hmm. street, like, mm-hmm. like Placerville. And I really wasn't wanting to connect with tourists. You know, I'm sure that would help sales, but I really wanted to connect with the local community And we have a lot of locals that come into our center in Diamond Springs to eat at the restaurants. And now that they know I'm there, they're coming back. So um, I think it's a really good spot for the the target audience that I want to serve through what I'm doing. So I'm still learning. I'm like, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm happy to take anyone's advice. And that's part of the great thing about um, sharing a space with the ladies that I share with. Um, is that they've had business experience and they're always willing to like lend a hand, like, here's how you should write this off on taxes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm only about six months in and I just try and remind myself like, Hey, here's all the things you've done right. And here's how you have succeeded instead of focusing on all the things I still want to do, or I maybe haven't figured out yet. So one of the things that I love that you that you kind of talked about is this idea that you had a passion inside of you to connect with the community. Yeah. And so your your kind of jumping off point was coming from a really altruistic space. Um, I think a lot of women that I see in our community have great ideas, but they're afraid. Mm. They're afraid of failure. And so they don't yeah. take that step. So how did you push through the fear of failure? Um And I love also that you said, you know, I'm continually learning. I'm, you know, assessing and reassessing as I'm going along and not letting that prevent you. But how do you, how did you kind of like look at it and say, you know, yes, all these things could be um, roadblocks, but I'm going to persevere. How did you do that? Yeah. So I've had a lot of support and I wouldn't say that I've necessarily push through fear like I still have fear all the time (laughs) so just putting that out there like just because I'm doing the thing doesn't mean I'm still not afraid um a lot of days or have doubt or want to (laughs) quit so um just to all you people who have a dream or goal like it doesn't get easier just because you're doing it um but I've had a lot of support um my husband's very supportive of what I do like I said my mom was the one who helped me create the events um she was very supportive the ladies that I have that share the space with me are very supportive and financially wise it's great to share a space um in my first brick and mortar, instead of just going out there and finding my own space and having a huge overhead, I've done a lot of things financially to minimize risk. And that's helped me kind of get through a lot of the fear um, and challenges of the first year in a brick and mortar. Um, 
but I was just kind of at the point with my own art and design business, which I was doing online and from home, where I just wanted more, like I wanted to do more. Um, and so I had the opportunity to share this space, um, therefore have lower overhead. And I just kind of felt like I needed to just give it a shot. Um, you know, a lot, you hear a lot of first time business owners with brick and mortar, they don't even last two years. <laughs> so lots of information going around there that like instills fear, but it's every time I'm reminded um, that I'm doing the right thing is like when someone comes back for a second class or somebody comes in and they said, oh, somebody else told me about your space and I had to come in and check it out. Um, or one of my artist friends said someone reached out to them via their Instagram and was talking to them about the mug they bought at my shop, you know, and those are the reminders of, okay, Ellen, like you're doing the right thing. <laughs> Keep showing up. Like, because I'm not doing it alone. I think, um, there's great encouragement and power in the fact that it's not just about me. Um, I had a lot of insecurity when I was running my art and design business that it was all about me and my work. And that can be really hard to like push and sell when it's your own work. <laughs> but I love selling other people's stuff and telling other people's stories. And it's really empowering. And it makes me feel not alone to say, hey, this is this is a collective. This is a community. This is about all these artists and women and this is about you as a client. This is not just about me. And so I'm not just showing up for myself. I'm showing up for what I'm trying to build, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, um, you know, two, two things are coming to mind as you're talking. And the first one is I do really want to dive more into this idea of a collective yeah. and understand, you know, why it is important in, in the world that we're living in now. Yeah. Um, but then I also wanted to... Um, I, it's funny. I've been watching, this is terrible, but I've been watching the, the latest Walking Dead season on uh -huh. Netflix and they're rebuilding community and they just had a fair where everybody was kind of coming and showcasing their goods. And I uh -huh. was like, oh, wow, that's just, just ironic because I'm actually, <laughs> you know, um, interviewing you tomorrow for the hive. And this was like exactly the idea is that when the world goes to, to poop, you know, we yeah. have to kind of come together in this way and what are yeah. our individual talents and that sort of thing. So, um, totally. <laughs> I want to touch more on the collective, but before I do that, I feel like I'd be remiss without mentioning that, um, you know, obviously I know your mom and dad, your mom being kindergarten teacher and your dad being actually has my son in class now. Oh my God. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and two, two of the most amazing people. And I don't Agreed. think I've met a single person who does not agree with that statement. They're yep. truly spectacular humans. Um, and I, and I kind of wonder, you know, how, how, what is it that I know what they teach from what mm -hmm. I've experienced, but what is it that you grew up with that kind of yeah. shaped who you are to be in this space and, and to take, and to take yourself to this next level? What, what did, yeah. what was it like growing up with them? And, and tell me a mm -hmm. little bit about them as your support. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if everybody knows this, but I was homeschooled for, well, on and off until eighth grade. So my mom homeschooled both me and my younger brother, who is um, just a year younger than me. Um, so we grew up at home um, with 
an education that was crafted by her for us um, and how we like to learn what we were interested in. And, you know, we always had to do the hard stuff that we didn't want to do, but we also got to really focus on our strengths and things that we wanted to learn about or in a way that we wanted to learn, um, which I think really helped a, my love of learning, like, um, I wasn't one that like hated school. I loved school because school was this like really empowering, exciting thing for me um, growing up. And then um, I really just experienced uh, a lot of freedom in my creativity. Um, So like I was encouraged to write and draw like because that's what I cared about. Um, So I did a lot of, you know, art and writing. I like wrote short stories. Um, I, and then like in the entrepreneurial vein, I decided to like open my own little bake stand at the farmer's market growing up. I'll never forget. It was called Ellen's Munchy Crunchies. (laughs) (laughs) And I made like zucchini bread and stuff. And I remember like very specifically, that was the first time I like kept a sheet with all like my stats for my numbers of like how much I spent, um, on my, um, ingredients and then how much I made and I think I made like $300 at the end of a summer whoa I was so stoked (laughs) wow (laughs) um and now you can't even be at the farmer's market if you don't have a commercial kitchen (laughs) but yeah that's uh, true isn't that true wow (laughs) but yeah stuff like that and um I remember I made my own little newspaper that Uh, the local librarians were kind enough to like put out at the library and just a lot of people that just weren't saying no to me in any way you know like no you can't do that no you can't be that Um, a lot of yeses which I feel so blessed um, in terms of growing in my creativity Um, so I went to public high school it was not my favorite I was like ready to go to college so excited for college um, and then uh, my parents supported me going to a private school where I got my degree in art ed, specifically a BA in art with an emphasis in education. And I would say definitely growing up around teachers, I was so inspired to be one. I love that you could get summers off and like craft lesson plans and get to know these kids and Um, really changed lives. And so I actually went to school with the intention of being a teacher. Um, And I did teach after college for a little bit. I taught um, pre-K. But then I realized, like, as wonderful as that profession is, and my parents are so good at it, and I was good at it, um, I really wanted something a little more diverse and something just different, something that maybe wasn't a specific job title, maybe something that I could create for myself. So I actually do teach now, funny enough, you know, I teach my classes at the Hive. Um, I teach, you know, private groups, individual lessons, I teach art. (laughs) But, um, you know, I'm not in a classroom in the same way. But definitely, I just I got that encouragement to be creative. Um, I got the encouragement to be an entrepreneur and, um, and, and just like a love of learning, I would say. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good, good growing up. (laughs) I 
I think, I think that's really, I think that's really unique and special. I think um, there's been a mentality um, lately that, you know, of um, let someone else handle the stuff that you are challenged by and, or Mm -hmm. um, even parents that are like, I'll just do it. I don't want them Mm -hmm. to have to struggle through it. I'll take it. And, um, and, and I think that's generationally speaking, if we look back, um, you know, a, a parental generation of, of people who wanted their kids to have it easier than they had it because they yeah. didn't grow up with that. But mm-hmm. I do think that we've lost some of the, um, the creativity and I see an influx lately of, um, you know, the paint nights and those sorts of things mm-hmm. and people who are realizing <laughs> that um, we don't have to live in such a sterile environment and, yeah. and getting dirty and playing with watercolor and finger paints and doing these things is it's very human. It's exploratory yeah. and we don't have to live in our phones all the time. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was all about like, go play outside. And like, as long as you don't like break your neck or back, like you're good, you're going to survive. You're going to learn things out there. Oh, <laughs> you know? I love that. I love um, that. Yes. And I, was, and I was super into horses. And when I wanted my first riding lesson, I actually had 11 years old went and asked for a job, um, to work for my lessons. So basically I said, Hey, can I clean stalls? for my lessons and my parents encouraged me to do that. So I did the same thing really about that same age. Yeah. I I, I cleaned stalls to get to be around the horses and get to ride. And yeah, that's that's (laughs) awesome. So kind of circling back on, on the idea of a collective and yeah. for, for those who might be confused on how that works or what that is, what do you have going on there? Who are, who are the players <laughs> that are involved and how yeah. do you find them? Yeah. So it's kind of twofold. So I would say we have active in terms of all the vendors that I bring in. Um, so Uh, That started as me just reaching out to women I've met along the way, people I knew already through curating my events or just being an artist, um, reached out to them, said, hey, I'd love to showcase what you do. Um, Can we have either a consignment agreement or a wholesale agreement um, where you put your stuff in the shop and I talk about how wonderful you are to people and get to share your goods on this kind of platform. Um, So I try to bring them together in events. So I I think we have, we have over a dozen artists represented in the shop currently. Um, Currently they're all women and they're all local. Locals technically, I think like a 200 mile radius. So all NorCal artists. Most of them I have met. Um, Some of them I haven't met yet, but I've met like through the beautiful world of social media. Um, So yeah, that's kind of a collective in a way, but then we also have a collective in the sense that there are three women who share the space at 4242 Fowler Lane, so our physical building. Um, So when you come in the front, um, 
I run the boutique, the shop space, and my friend Sierra does hair. Um, so she's been a hair artist for a long, long time, and she's been in that building, I believe, for about seven years. Um, so she was the one who actually invited me into this space. Um, she had a full service salon for quite some time and was just experiencing a shift in her business, and there was kind of a gap. And so we were the first two that came together to share the front space. Um, so some days you can come in and somebody's getting their hair done and I'm working on something and the shop is open. Like you just never know what you're walking into. <laughs> um, and then recently uh, we had another gal join us. So there's a couple suites down the hall in the back of our building. And so Crystal um, is a, esthetician which if you're not familiar is skincare facials all of that and she's just moved into one of the suites in the back she's got much experience in like um spa and medical um skin treatment so we've got like the beauty side of things which is totally not what I do at all but it is like this shared community of women because it's mostly women coming to get their hair done and their facials and I've had, um, you know, clients of crystals come to my art classes. I've had clients of mine uh, become a client of Sierra's to get their hair done. And so it's, it's a funky mix. Like not everybody walks in the doors and gets it right away. And I think that's just because it's, it's not something you see every day, but it is working for us. And um, it's a way that you know, we can share overhead and share clients and just keep each other pumped up on those hard days. So yeah, that's kind of how it is a collective in two, in two ways. Now it's so I love that. I absolutely love that. But I was <laughs> reflecting back on like the old, um, old school, like beauty salon in the fifties kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> uh, but you know, I do think that these things go together. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that you're really kind of a trailblazer oh, on this front. And actually I was in Nashville over the summer mm -hmm. and I saw a very similar kind of concept. It was this, this old brick building uh -huh. and they had, um, a local winemaker in there. They had a salon in there. Like yeah. each, each of these different rooms, they had local artisans in there that, you yeah. know, were craftsmen and women. Yeah. And it was really kind of neat. You walk down this big hallway and you could pop into all of these different little stores and they're sharing this space. Yeah. And, you know, initially you might be like, hmm, I don't, I don't draw the link here. I don't see right. these connections. But then you realize the connection is the idea that they're growing community and they're supporting each other yeah. and supporting, you know, what everybody is trying to build in the way of um, this entrepreneurial kind of spirit and, and, um, and these local businesses. And that's, that is how the world was created really if yeah. you think about it. And that's kind of going back to the fair at the walking dead you know, <laughs> where they're, they all have these, unique talents and mm -hmm. how do we harness them in a group way? And I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned earlier on is that you have a difficult time selling your own stuff, but no <laughs> problem selling other people's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I can really relate to that myself. I mean, half the people I know don't even know I write books, <laughs> um, but I have no problem like giving people great advice on books to read that oh, I've yeah. read, you know, um, <laughs> 
So I, I completely get that. And I think that that is um, probably a common thing among a lot of the women you represent as well. They probably yeah. have a difficult time really selling, selling oh, themselves. Yeah. People bring in products all the time and like give me their line sheet, which is basically what they want things priced at. And 90% of the time I'm like, girl, you can charge so much more, not because like just because people would pay it, but because like there is value in what you right. do. And right. like, I think you're undervaluing in them yourself. And they're always like, no, it's just, I just love what I do. And I just like want people to have it. I'm like, I know, but you got to pay your bills. <laughs> right, right, right. You know? And then everybody's reminding me, they're like, Ellen, where's your stuff in the shop? Because I do have it in there, but not enough, apparently. And they're like, this is your space. <laughs> you need to get your own stuff in here, too. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> It's so true, though, how we undervalue our we're willing to we're willing to pay for something that we see the value in. Yeah. But then we undervalue our own selves often in life. Oh, I yeah. think in general, it's it's um, it, I think people have this idea that if I'm if I'm pricing myself at a certain level or if I'm pitching myself in a certain way, I'm egotistical or narcissistic. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really tricky thing to do. And I feel like that's what's nice about our group setting is like we can kind of call each other out on that or support each other in making those, you know, moves for our business. Um, I feel like it's extra hard when you love what you do in a weird way, because you're like, well, I just love it. Like it's <laughs> like my husband hates hearing this, but it's like, it's fine if it doesn't make money. Like I just love doing it. Right. And it's like, no girl, like you gotta, you gotta make it like, make it not a hardship on your life financially. And then you can enjoy it even more. Um, so you think he's creating to, it's hard to step into that like ownership of, of what you make. Um, and it's, it's a lot of me coaching um, the customers who come in too and kind of teaching them about what it means to shop mindfully because probably the person who's going to go to target to buy something isn't the same person who's going to want to come and spend twice the amount, um, in my shop for something handmade. But if someone is coming in and they're curious and they want to know, I'm happy to share with them like why this, um, item has such value and like who made it and what's their process and what's their inspiration and how it's one of a kind. And, um, I'm happy to like talk up the value of what everybody else does. <laughs> I love that though. I think, um, I know for me, I try to shop in the boutiques whenever, whenever yeah. possible. Um, everybody that listens to this podcast knows I'm a huge Amazon person, but it's just cause yeah. I don't want to go to the store and get toilet paper to my house. Um, but that's just a time issue. But yeah. when it comes to, when it comes to a lot of the products in my home, like, um, I've, I recently had pitch pine pottery on, um, and you know, I, I try to make those choices to have less, mm -hmm. but higher quality that's supporting somebody who is that I know, you know, totally. in, some, in some way, even if I've never met them, I at least know that this is a real human that is trying to, um, survive. You know? Totally. Yeah. Well, and it's a beautiful piece of that's probably one of a kind. I mean, I love unique things. And like, I feel like if someone's looking for something unique that not everybody's going to have, like they can totally come and find something like that, you know, that has a story um, that has that value. 
us having a machine shop, I, I really, I, I can really appreciate um, what small business owners go through, yeah. um, especially in California and, you know, what, um, what is kind of the passion behind the product, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that kind of um, I had jotted down as a note is what do you see as a commonality among all the contributors that are in the shop? Yeah. So all the vendors I pull from, like, I usually have a conversation before I, you know, invite them and their product into the space. Um, And really the commonalities are that they also value the community setting. You know, when I throw an event, they want to be a part of it. Um, They want to be meeting the customers too. Um, Obviously they're, they're passionate about what they do. Um, Also, I really look for, that high level of like skill and artistry. Like I don't (laughs) like so many people come to me and they're like, I make this handmade. And I'm like, that is awesome. You should open an Etsy, like do that for yourself. But like for my shop, I really value like that high level of artistry and skill. People have been working at it. People who like really value quality in their work. Um, And I think, all the people who I've invited into the space, like really just value um, inspiration over competition. Um, I love that phrase. Like, I don't think any of the gals like feel like they're competing against each other. Um, Like we're all very supportive, even at ladies who make similar things. Like we have a lot of statement earrings in the shop and um I don't feel like any of them feel like they're a competition. They feel very supported. They feel inspired to be in the space. And yeah, that's, that's really special. I think that's um, definitely something that at least I see even in the social media realm and stuff that there's a lot more competition mm-hmm. than inspiration for sure. Like yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go copy your exact photo. Oh, I know. You know, rather than be in the moment somewhere and feel inspired and take a photo for myself. Yeah. Kind of thing. I see that a lot in that kind of translation too. So um, your Instagram on that note (laughs) is awesome. Thank you. Such a great, consistent theme. And um, really, I love how you highlight, especially with the gather event, which I know has its own Instagram, mm-hmm. but you really highlight the makers behind yeah. behind everything. And that's, that's really neat. I think that um, what you what you have doing and, and um, just as a business person, um, you, you know, you've covered all the bases. And that's oh, really, you. that's really awesome. Um, I don't know many people that come out the gate with all their ducks in a row like that did did you hold back on launching until you had them all together or how did that work how did you kind of how did you come out with such a consistent overall feeling theme business model yeah so I mean I'm glad it looks like I have all my ducks in a row on Instagram that's the goal (laughs) um I definitely um worked hard before my launch in coming up with marketing analysis, coming up with my vision, coming up with, you know, what I would call my mission statement, things like that uh, before I opened my doors. But I also got a lot of encouragement from business owners to not overdo it in that sense, like kind of overanalyze and overthink it. Um, And just like, okay, Ellen, it's time to start 
stop like writing stuff down and like pinning stuff on Pinterest and just do the dang thing and like learn through trial and error and failure. And like, I would agree that, you know, just going for it has been a good teacher as well. Um, I would say social media wise and like my, um, my website, like I've just always been passionate about visuals and because I work with artists and I work with visuals. I think it's such a key communicator to my clients, my audience to have those strong visuals um, that, you know, that are fun for them to share on their stories and easy for them to tap the like, you know? Um, And I think it's such a great way to tell the story of the brand through visuals. Um, You know, you can talk the talk, but, people really get it when you, you know, form that feed that tells a story of, you know, this is how we inspire people. This is a beautiful item. This is an artist and that kind of flow. So it's pretty crazy. I do post every day, pretty much every day that I'm open. Um, But, you know, you got to beat the algorithm. So I'm just trying my best. Oh, the algorithm is a nightmare. I, yeah, <laughs> that's so frustrating, um, and it's constantly changing too. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> but then I'm so- always rewarded because I I have statistics through my website that show me like if I fill a class, it'll show me that everyone came from Instagram. I'm like, okay, this is like it's, it's not all for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of your classes, um, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit? I know you have one coming up. Is it uh, this weekend? Yeah, it's on Friday night from five okay. to seven. And what what is it? What is this one? Is this so, sign making or something? Yes. So I'm going to be leading intro to printmaking. So printmaking is basically just you make a design on a rubber pad or linoleum or wood if you're doing a wood cut, and then you have to carve it out. And so you're making a stamp of sorts. Um, so then we're going to be inking it up and printing and it's just a really fun process because your print always comes out different than your drawing and it's usually something that people have never tried before so I'm excited to teach that and then um, we have another one coming up this month where um, local artist Jackie Price is returning she did a knife painting workshop before um, that did really well and she's going to come back again um, but my email lists are always the first people who hear all about the workshops. <laughs> I love that. And, um, and I wonder, you know, just kind of talking about creativity. I know when I, when I do workshops, um, obviously mine, and I, I'm kind of at a collective too. I'm up here at the healing shala and, mm-hmm. you know, we have a, uh, acupressure person here and yoga. And mm-hmm. then we have the psychotherapy. Um, but when I do my workshops, I always try to incorporate art from a sub subconscious therapeutic level mm-hmm. and just kind of tapping into that space. Um, having a background in art, mm-hmm. what, why do you feel it's so important? Can you tell me a little about that? To do workshops? Um, to, to be involved in creativity and art. Yeah. So I feel like creativity is such a great vehicle to just get people out of their comfort zone um, and learn about themselves. Um, A lot of people come to my classes saying they're not creative, they're not artistic. And through the process of learning tools, learning techniques, they create incredible things and they surprise themselves. And I just love watching that process unfold. Um, 
And I feel like through getting out of your comfort zone, when you're in a group setting, you, you create relationships. So a lot of people come to my classes by themselves, which I don't know if I would ever do, but kudos to them. And then they leave with, you know, two new friends that they met through getting uncomfortable and trying something new. Um, And, you know, you mentioned the wine and paint nights, like we don't even usually have alcohol at our classes, but you still people, people just like loosen up, they learn to just like embrace the process. And by the end, they're like, some of the most doubtful people are just like having a blast. Um, Like I said, we've had people come back to second and third workshops. Um, I have a gal who started her own Instagram for her art now because she's like so excited about it. Um, and so that's why I think creativity is so important. I, I feel too, like, you know, the, the days and the weeks can really get monotonous and get away from you. If yeah. you, if you don't take a, make a, a conscious choice, a mindful choice to, um, to put something on your calendar that is for you, mm-hmm. that maybe is outside of your comfort zone. And, um, and my, my greatest thing, you know, I've made wood carved spoons and yeah, done the pea nights and done all these different things. And for me, um, it's not even so much about the thing I'm taking home mm-hmm. as it was about the experience or the time that I had while I'm there. Kind of like totally. you're describing with the friendships. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've had people tell me, oh, you should do classes online, like via YouTube and maybe that's in the future, but I love those in-person interactions and relationships. And some people stay like an hour late and I'm just like happy to hang out and like let them finish and chat about life. And I think, yeah, I mean, the art project is really just the vehicle to just get them to have fun, open up, um, you know, get to know the artist if it's not me teaching. So it's pretty cool. And so just, um, just kind of touching back a little bit with Sierra because she couldn't be here today. Yeah, she li- she lives out of a van, right? She's doing like the van life. She did do the airstream life for about a year, and actually yeah. they just got a house, so I think she's transitioning out of that. But yeah, it was just like a really wonderful time where they kind of just got to wander and explore. Um, but I think she kind of realized when she came back from her last big trip that she was like ready to put roots down again. So I think that's where they're moving now. Wow. Yeah. I bet she met a lot of artisans along the way. Oh, I'm sure. There. I bet you meet such cool people like living their stream life. <laughs> wow. That's really, that's really awesome. How fun is that? Uh, so, so just kind of in summary, what are the shop hours and how can people register for the workshops? Yeah. So, um, our current hours are Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 7. I will be announcing new fall hours to my email list in the next couple weeks. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to be open Saturdays and Sundays this fall um, wow. for everybody to come in and get their holiday shopping in and just um, be there for y'all on the weekends. Um But yeah, if you're not a part of my email list, if you hop on to my website, which is hivestudioshop.com, the first thing that will pop up is, hey, join my email list. Um, And if you don't see that, you can scroll down to the bottom, but it's a pop-up that comes right up. You can join my email list and you'll be the first to know about new products, all our workshops, um, new hours pretty much everything I send to my email list first. It's just a great little community. I call it my email family because it's, it's a way that it just goes straight into your inbox in case you miss it on Instagram. Um, 
you're aware of everything that's going on. So we have our printmaking class on Friday night, which is the 13th. And then Jackie's class will be a couple weeks from now. Um, and then we have more classes for October, November. There, It's filling up. So I'm pretty excited. And I love that idea, too, of the Christmas gifts. Like, you know, yeah. you can rather for the difficult to buy for, why not get a unique, simple thing? Totally. You know, that's awesome yeah that's so, that's so great and who couldn't who couldn't use um something that was made with such care and thought you totally know? I've, I've got this whole plan for uh, small business saturday i've not i don't know if you've heard of that but basically you have thanksgiving you have black friday and then the saturday is considered small business saturday so a real i hadn't get, heard of that yeah, but i love that i want i really want to get people pumped up for that um so they can have some really cool gifts this year you're just making me think of all the things I'm not doing. <laughs> no, I'm happy to share ideas. I, I should probably be somewhere with my books at some point this fall. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe you can come. Maybe you can come to our shop. <laughs> yeah, life just so gets away from me, and, yeah. and you know, and and that whole sales thing puts me in front of people where I'm yeah. actually having to talk about the books and sign them, and then it makes me feel uncomfortable. And, I know, but yeah, but the funny thing is, is that people want to see you like I found that out like whenever I try and hide behind my business people are like Ellen people want to take classes from you they want to meet you like they care about what you're doing and I'm like oh crap <laughs> I, I that right there is it's just like I know I've been saying I love that a hundred times in this podcast, but no, <laughs> hiding behind the business. And I've yeah. seen that even on my Instagram where yeah. I always try to turn my back to the camera or, mm -hmm. you know, just do a landscape scene. <laughs> and time and time again, I see when I put my face in there, people appreciate that more. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> wow. So true. That's so true. I had such a great time chatting with you today. Yeah. Me as well. Thank you so much for having me. This was yes. really fun. And I will put all the links in the um, show notes, but okay. ironically this week, this podcast will come out tomorrow. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. So normally awesome. I'm a week or two um, on my interviews, but this week you will be on the, you'll, it'll be out tomorrow. Sweet. I'm so yeah. excited for people to listen. That's yes. Awesome. I look forward to continuing to follow the Hive's journey. All right. Thanks so much, Michaela. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. <laughs> for more inspiration, check out our links. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.